Hi guys, welcome back to part two of the rise and fall of Glossier. Emily Weiss, founder of Glossier, was able to build a cult-like status based upon only four products that she brought to the market, all due in part to leveraging her strong community of followers from her blog into the gloss. She was able to turn that into a billion-dollar beauty business by listening to her readership and allowing them to participate in the creation of products built for them specifically. The sky was the limit and there was no end in sight. But as the title says, it's the rise and fall of Glossier. So let's get into what caused Glossier to come crashing down. Hi everyone, I'm Thea Sanders, CEO and founder of the Naya Beauty app. Welcome to Naya Unfiltered, where I bring topics for your consideration that are impactful, insightful, and informative. I hope that you find these episodes interesting or at least entertaining. Enjoy our show. It's 2018 and it's time to celebrate. Glossier has hit the $100 million revenue mark. Emily is riding high and feeling confident. She goes on a tour giving interviews, challenging the likes of Estee Lauder and other legacy brands. She feels that she has accomplished in four years that most brands have not, hypergrowth and loyal diehard customers. Her company will be valued at $532 million this year. Her idea of DTC is working and accounts for most of its revenue, even though she has two brick and mortar stores. Everyone wants to be a part of this successful story. Everyone from the inner circle to the actual consumers themselves. She has a slick marketing campaign, which showcases her minimalist product on different shades and sizes of models. She's also showcasing the picture of inclusivity and acceptance. Do you want to know how strong the following for Glossier was? People were not only fans of the product themselves, but even loved the packaging. The products would be mailed out in these cute pink bubble wrap pouches that could be recycled and reused as Ziploc bags. I mean, people were going crazy for even the pouches. This is how meticulous Emily's branding was. Emily's growth is thoughtful and measured. She takes years poring over research data for her products, slowly rolling out additions to her four product line. She also starts introducing international shipping. Along with her pop-up stores, she opens up two permanent brick and mortar spaces. So instead of placing her products in a third party retail store, she has complete control over her messaging, marketing, and display. The frenzy of being a Glossier girl was real. They were penned the millennial Avon ladies. Since social media was such a huge part of the marketing strategy for Glossier, Emily really tapped into the influencer market. She understood that peer suggestions were way more valuable than having a stranger recommend a product. So she leaned into what we call UGC, user-generated content. Having customers post about their love for the product was worth way more than a full spread page in a beauty magazine. Glossier was giving life to the no makeup makeup minimalist look and was being slick about it. But at some point, things started to turn sour. Emily, the champion of social causes and inclusivity and the customer whisperers, started to emulate the rich white standard of cleanses and detoxes. She famously gave an interview in 2015 detailing her self-care routine. So although minimalism was the mantra of Glossier, its founder was openly spending thousands of dollars on other forms of beauty. The Glossier queen was not a total minimalist. Glossier was being touted as revolutionizing beauty, but Emily was being accused of triggering insecurities in other ways. 
In 2019, the rumbling started getting louder. The slick, minimalist pink marketing campaign was starting to turn people off. Those proclaimed glossier girls from the earlier years started denouncing the brand. Why? They no longer wanted to be called glossier girls. Consumers started to complain about the actual products and their effectiveness. Complaints about being able to achieve the no makeup makeup look said that they had to start with clear youthful skin. Those with imperfections were not a great candidate for the glossier products. The image of Glossier was the image of a beautiful model off work. She had perfect complexion and was naturally beautiful. Consumers started rebelling against this branding of Glossier Girl because the product just did not work for them. In real life, consumers have blemishes and imperfections, and the line did not offer any type of relief or solution for acne-prone skin or breakouts. Also, their foundation line only had five shades, and this is the era of Fenty Beauty. Consumers started to see Glossier as a hype brand with slick marketing with a high price point. They were disenchanted with the brand as a whole. This was happening on the outside, but what was happening on the inside was even more troubling and problematic. You know the saying, you live and die by the sword? Well, this was the case for Glossier. Glossier leveraged the power of social media for their growth, remember? But that is exactly what helped with their downfall. In the summer of 2020, a new Instagram account exploded onto the scene called Out of the Gloss. It was created by former Glossier retail workers claiming abuse and instances of racism. They felt overlooked, overworked, and underappreciated. The account recounted stories of working in unsanitary work conditions and having no help from the HR department. The workers alleged that most of the retail workers were LGBTQ plus and people of color, and management was mostly comprised of white women. The workers alleged that there were no recourse or HR solutions to incidents of humiliation on the retail floor. The company quickly responded by posting a message of their own, apologizing and countering that they would be instituting training and solutions for their workers. This was a PR nightmare for the company that had just finished raising more money and was struggling to survive during the pandemic, as calls for boycotts were being posted all over social media. During the pandemic, COVID-19 was not kind to anyone or any business, unless you were in the business of PPE. But the beauty business especially took a hard hit since no one was going out and thereby not buying any cosmetics. Sales were decreasing for Glossier and even their social media clout started to wane. Team members also complained about not being part of Emily's inner circle. There were clear favorites and clicks. They even mentioned that there was a mean girl mentality there. Also, the insiders complained of how Emily spent her money. Instead of growth opportunities and raises for staff, Emily would spend thousands of dollars a week on fresh flowers being delivered to the office. Turnover was high and morale was low. When the pandemic hit and all meetings were switched to Zoom, her staff would be cooped up in small New York City apartments and Emily would be hiking and enjoying nature with her new puppy. During the pandemic, Emily and Glossier struggled, and not just because of COVID and the shutdowns, but because of the internal issues. The headquarters in New York City was called chaotic, and stories of strife started to leak. Apparently, there is a clean desk policy, and staff complained of this policy that is actually in the handbook, and it calls for no keepsakes to be on the desk of any employee at any time. So, no pictures of your doggies. I guess guests would come to the office and many times would want to take a picture, so Emily wanted a clean aesthetic for the gram, always for the gram. 
There was a true disconnect between leadership and staff. Emily was oftentimes called tone deaf. That although Emily insisted on the marketing campaigns being diverse, that wouldn't necessarily translate into real life behind closed doors. And even she acknowledged that she did not have people of color on her corporate team. And even though Emily pledged $1 million to Black Lives Matters after a black customer complained of racism, insiders say that little to no change internally took place. Story after story started to leak out of the racist insensitivities and microaggressions that were occurring in Glossier. One receptionist who was black and had her hair in braids was pulled aside and told to look more Glossier. When asked what that meant, she was told to take a look around in her white surroundings. She took that as coded and racist language. Another big complaint from insiders was Emily's attempt to pivot into a tech company. Now that's a big shift to go from beauty brand to a tech startup. She started hiring big names from the tech world, places from Amazon and Facebook. Staff was unclear on the vision of the tech portion. The best I can find to describe it is that it was a Facebook with homemade beauty products and filters. Because there was no clear vision or focus, progress was really slow and delayed. And by 2022, after delay upon delay, the project was shelved and 80 people from the tech group were laid off. Emily acknowledged that she had made a mistake, that she had lost her focus, and that she needed to go back to basics, but it seemed a little too late. Now, Emily had raised a lot of money at this point, and when you start taking money from investors, the company is no longer yours. It belongs to the investors as you chip away at your ownership in exchange for money. And as the CEO of a company who has bosses, you have to answer questions, and the questions were coming. Where was the community app that she had touted? Where was the tech? What about the competition? What about the sales? Gone was the cool girl factor, and Emily had to admit that, yeah, Glossier is not a tech company. They are a beauty company, and the company would have to refocus and pivot. Although Emily tried to course correct, in May of 2022, Emily Weiss stepped down from her creation, Glossier. She released a statement which reads in part, I will always be Glossier's founder, but a CEO is the champion that a company looks to, to lead it into tomorrow. With this CEO evolution, I'll be able to focus more of my time as I did in the earlier days, supporting our brilliant leaders of creative, brand, product, and retail as they take our customer experience, innovation, to new heights. It hasn't been disclosed as to whether or not Emily voluntarily left or if she was forced out, but the timing seems perfect because she was about to take maternity leave. Either way, she's right. She will always hold the title of founder and creator of Glossier, but this time she'll be seeing it from the sidelines. I hope you guys enjoyed our podcast on the rise and fall of Glossier. Be sure to turn on your notifications for our next episode release. I'm your host, Thea Sanders. This episode has been produced by Michaela Rogers. See you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. And remember to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Naya Beauty App. Bye.